For the majority of my life, I have been passionate and dedicated about changing lives and growing businesses through synthesizing from the very best their strategies, their tactics, their mindset techniques to help you and your business grow. Join me as we take it to the next level. Welcome to The Tom Ferry Show. Welcome back to The Tom Ferry Show. Thank you so much for all your comments and your questions. Keep up the great work. Keep booking more appointments. Let's have the fourth quarter be extraordinary and start the year off strong. Today, I'm going to go a different direction on The Tom Ferry Show. You know I'm on Instagram. I got a lot of activity there. And every now and then I'll say, got a question? Where are you stuck? How can I help? My team grabbed a whole bunch of those questions and I'll be covering today. Hey Tom, should I sell 100 homes a year or how do I get started in real estate and everything under the sun? So let's jump right in to some Q&A. This person asked, solo agent, listen to this, with an executive assistant and a transaction coordinator, I'm stuck at 40 to 50 transactions a year. Congratulations, nice place to be stuck. Four years in the business, Tom, what do you recommend? Right? I'm stuck, I'm doing 40 to 50 transactions a year, what do you recommend? And my response is, it's really simple. I would ask you to consider, number one, can you add a sales associate? And you're gonna do that because you probably have more leads and opportunities coming in and that's what's gobbling up all your time. I know this person is working a lot of hours because they're the only person interacting with buyers and sellers and could be doing leases and everything else. So by bringing on another sales associate, a junior to you who can work with some of those people, handle all your first showings if you don't have a lockbox as an example on listings, help do all of that stuff to free you up to do the highest and best use of your time, which is going on appointments and negotiating contracts and serving your customers. So that was the first part. Add a salesperson or two. But I also said to this person, again, congratulations. 40 to 50 transactions puts you in the top 5% of all agents in North America. So you're doing great. Now, from a different point of view, have you considered refining your business more, becoming even more efficient so your profits are higher, you take more money off the table so you can become a better investor, so you can buy more real estate, so you can put yourself and your family in a position where you completely alter the financial family tree forever. Maybe you adding a salesperson is the wrong move. Maybe it's just refining your business, really getting clear on who you want to serve, how you want to do it, and then getting more focused on becoming a real estate investor to own more property and help your friends and family do the same. And I said, or false fails, do both. But that's a really great question and congrats on being stuck at 40 to 50 transactions. Uh, this person asked, hey Tom, if you could give me one piece of advice, uh, one piece of advice to the old you, what would it be? I get that question a lot and I see a lot of people in my position that, you know, people that are newer trying to figure it out, hey, what's the one piece of advice you would give to your, you know, your old self? And my answer is quite honestly, I'm okay with my past. Every mistake I made brought me here. Every success I had brought me here. So, so there's not many things that I would change or do differently. I guess if there was one thing, it would be I would have sought out more mentors early on and I would have spent more time with those men and women helping, if you will, polish this piece of coal that needed to be under a lot of pressure to one day become a diamond. And maybe that could have sped up the process. Um, I've always had lots of mentors. They have saved me countless years, if not decades, because of their wisdom and experience. 
um, I think I just would have asked for even more help. That would have been the one thing. All right. The next question I was asked was, hey, Tom, is it better to set realistic goals or to set goals that feel like a stretch? Here's the thing. It's very personal goal setting. Personally, I like to set goals that stretch me way beyond my comfort zone that really cause me to do things differently, that cause me to, to find new information, new strategies, new approaches, because what got me here is not going to get me there. So I like the journey. I like the stretch. And to be very clear with you, I very rarely hit those goals. But what happens is I go from a standard of here, let's, let's call it financially as an example, and I set a goal like I want to be up here and I, uh, I get to here. You with me on this? And I'm okay missing that delta because of how much I grew in the process. Now, I'm not like everyone. Some people say to me, gosh, Tom, I like to just go 15 to 20% increments every year on my business because I know I can do it. And you know what it does? It adds to their confidence. It adds to their self-esteem. They need to check that box and say, I did it. They can't handle right the fact that they set a goal and they didn't achieve it. They take that personally. I don't know if it's Dr. Carol Dweck, the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. I know she talked about this in the book. Again, at the end of the day, it's personal, right? You know, if you need to build your confidence, if you're in that place where you need to think better about yourself and your ability to move the needle and make things happen, then I would not be setting these goals that are so far out of your comfort zone, you're not gonna get there because it'll shut you down right? But if you're feeling good about yourself, right? If you're really feeling good about yourself, it's time to stretch. The year 2020 is going to be insanely interesting and great. I would argue there's never been a better time than right now on this planet to be alive, to be thinking big and how to serve more customers. I'd be going for some really big goals if your confidence and self-esteem is there. If it isn't, set those smaller goals, get those incremental wins, check out those boxes, build up your confidence, and keep moving forward. Does that make sense? All right, the next question. I love this one. Hey, Tom, I'm moving to a small town with established agents. What is the best way to start in that new location? Now, I gave this person four things. I wanna give it to you exactly as I gave it to them. So this really could apply to someone that's just starting brand new in the business, or that person that maybe has relocated into a new marketplace. We have so many clients, Mark, that I talk to that are military families or spouses, and, and I get that question a lot, like, hey, I'm, you know, we're being PCS'd and we were in San Diego and now I'm gonna be in South Carolina, I'm gonna get my license there, what do I do? It's kind of the same question. So the first thing I wrote down is number one, open houses and door knocking pre and post. So even if it's not your listing, right? probably in this case, it's not your listing. I want to ask agents, can I hold your property open and do the thing that the average person never does, especially in a small town. Hi, my name is Tom Ferry. I'm with Banana Real Estate and you hand them a flyer. I'm holding the Jones's property, 1234 Banana Street. I'm holding it open this weekend. I would love for you to come by, take a look at the house. And by the way, have you guys had any thoughts of selling? Doing something like that, especially in a small town, and, and you know, know, where, know where you are, respect sort of the cultural trends or the subtleties of the marketplace that you're in, right? Always, like rule number one is always, know your customer, <laughs> you with me? Like know your customer, know what they're all about. Hey, come over for a glass of lemonade. Hey, come over, we're gonna have a bounce house. Whatever it is, give them a reason to show up because what you're doing is you're doing what most people won't, which is you're going out before the open house and after to establish those relationships and find the next person that's thinking about selling. Number two, I said, study the hot sheets, 
every single day. I don't know what they call them in your town, but you know, every day you open up the MLS and you see all the new listings, all the new sales, all the new closings, all the new you know pendings, all the prices, all the trends. At the end of the day, it's like, um, I think people, no, I don't think, I know people respect the authority, the expert, the one with the information, the one with the insights, the one that can speak intelligently about what's happening in the market. I remember the first time I drove through a community called Shady Canyon with Tim Smith, legendary agent. This was 10 or 11 years ago. And as we drove around through this community, which I was interested in at the time, he lived 500-ish, no, 460 houses, something like that. He literally was like this. Garrett Anderson lives there. He's the former Angels baseball player. And like, it was every house. He literally went house by house and told me, oh, this one sold three times. This was a doctor. That was a real estate agent. This was a loan officer who bought it. That person was a developer. This is the builder. And I thought to myself, who else could you possibly want to work with in this community other than him? He knew everybody. I asked him how he did it. He said, open houses, open houses, inviting people in. Who are you? Where, where'd you move from? How'd you pick Shady Canyon? And he's just got that mind for it. So the, the second thing is you got to know the ins and outs of your market, what price points you're moving, what isn't moving. So you could be a value when you're at the grocery store or at the soccer game and someone says, how's the market, right? That you could say, well, you know, it really depends because there's, there's basically multiple different markets we're dealing with right now. The first time buyer market looks like this. The move up first time buyer looks like this. The luxury and the ultra luxury looks like that. And you could go into like real numbers and analytics, it's just gonna make you more impressive. It's gonna build your confidence. You're gonna to wanna to go talk to people. Number three, I said make great contacts with agents who have pocket listings, ask for permission to promote them as well, right? Small town, pocket listings, always a good idea, right? Probably can't do it on social, but you can say, hey, we have another property, especially when you're at those open houses. I've got another property. It's a pocket listing. It's not currently on the MLS. Would you like to see that this afternoon at four o'clock or five o'clock? We both know that's really good. And then number four, I said, if I'm moving into a small town and I want to be dominant, I said, I would dominate video. I would dominate video. Now you might say, gosh, Tom, there's so many things you could have told me. Should I be calling expired listings? Should I be knocking on doors? Should I be, you know, joining, you know, LaTip or any other, you know, any other networking group? The answer is all the above, but I'm going to give you some different perspective. I guarantee in a small town, most agents aren't doing video. You know it and I know it. I mean, we're seeing it now in all the major metros, but we're still talking about such a small percentage of people that are willing to get in front of the camera and share their story and bring value to the marketplace and deliver relevant content, just like the news and everybody else, right? I don't know if the news is all that relevant, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Do more video, dominate video, create a weekly show, crush it on Instagram, follow the mayor, follow every influential person in your town, invite them to be on your show, Become a celebrity, which you can do very quickly, my friends, very quickly by just creating a list of all the most influential people in your town, right? Could be the guy that runs a local barber shop, could be the gal that owns the best hair salon in town, like keep it real, the person that owns the local store, the farmer who has the best strawberries, whatever, right? You know in a small town who are the most influential people, get them on your show, introduce yourself and them to the community and publish that content all the time. And you know what? People are gonna start saying, hey, there she is, right? And they're not gonna say, how long have you lived in this community? They're gonna think, how did I never know you before? And that's a good thing, all right? Let's go to the next one. <laughs> At J4114 asked, 
By the way, um, for all of us on Instagram, it's super important. We noticed, like Courtney caught this, it'd be a really good idea that you go back to your Instagram profile, build a link tree, very important, just Google that so you know what to do. And the second thing is, make sure your name is inside your linked or your Instagram profile. I was blown away by how many people, their name was uh, leasing agent at 415. Like, is it Martha? Is it Sam? Is it Jose? Like, make sure your name's inside there. All right. This person said, I just can't start. I'm new to this work, sales, right? And I'm just so unconfident. I was a pro at my last job, but I wasn't making any money. And I said, look, at J4114, they say it takes 10,000 hours to master anything. So that means for 9,999 hours, you are just building up your skills and confidence to truly become exceptional. Right? So you're starting on day one, or maybe you're 500 hours in, I don't know, but I wrote down, cut yourself some slack, right? Don't beat yourself up. Don't do that. There's no value in hammering, oh God, I'm just not good enough and I just can't do it. And I don't even know where to start because that crazy eight, that psychological loop that you're in is never going to get you into action. We got to get you into action. So here's, I basically said five things. I'm going to read them to you because I thought they were on point. Number one, again, study the homes and the communities, right? Daily hot sheets, know the market, that builds your confidence. Number two, learn the contracts inside and out, right? Super important. Sit down with your broker. I guarantee your office has a course on this. I'm blown away by how many people don't know the contracts. That scares me. Number three, prospect the more difficult lead sources at J4114. Here's why. Gary Vaynerchuk, big shout out to Gary. His, his sister Liz, maybe she's watching this right now. What's up Liz, you owe me a follow up. About a year ago now, her and I were chatting over the phone and I'm like, how's it going? She's a real estate client, right? She's a coaching client of ours, real estate agent in New Jersey. And I said, look, you've worked your friends, you've worked your sphere, you've done a bunch of these videos. I'm gonna challenge you. If you wanna get better, you should go after expired listings. And she's like, oh, tell me about that. This is super insanely great. And I said, just consider the following. Even as a brand new agent, I said, if you just called every expired listing in your marketplace and you had zero intent of actually listing the house, zero intent. Instead, it was just, hey, I'm calling. Your home was on the market. It didn't sell. I just have a few questions. I'm just curious. Why do you think the property didn't sell? Right? Why do you think the property didn't sell? Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? Right? Ask if you're more open-ended. And when they say, well, you know, we don't want to list your house, I'm not calling about listing your house right now. I'm just calling because I'm curious because I was blown away. Right? Your home should have sold. Why do you think it didn't sell? Right? So when you're then out talking to other people in the community and they're like, hey, you're new, how's it going? You don't just go, oh, it's doing great and I'm really busy and right? Because we just know that that is just vanilla and stupid. Right? I said, Liz, what if instead you could share a story where you said, you know, I spent the last 90 days and I reached out to 147 different people that put their home on the market and it didn't sell. You know what I discovered? There was three primary reasons why these great houses in this insanely great real estate economy didn't close. Curious of what the three are? Well, now all of a sudden you're hooking people in like, well, yeah, what do you mean? Even if I don't want to sell, I still want to know. Right? And of course, most people have location, location, location. You say, actually, you know what? Some of them needed to raise the price, but they needed to redesign the backyard. Or they need, you can start telling stories. And you know what this does? This makes you an expert. This makes you the person that knows a little bit more about this super interesting 17% of the GDP of the US, real estate. You know a little bit more, you become the expert, your confidence goes up, you get in the right action. Now, in the meantime, you just might list a few houses doing that as well. Hey, it's Tom. 
If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again, we are living in the review economy. That's right. Consumers are making decisions based upon reviews. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the minds of more amazing people just like you. You can help. Would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review? Tell them what you think. Hey, one star, five stars, make up your own number of stars. Totally fine by me, but please go to Apple Podcast and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, let's get back to the show. So I also wrote down, number four, you should do 20 open houses a month. Big shout out to at Andy C, right? It's not actually at Andy C, but Andy C, longtime client, brilliant person. Maybe you saw him talk during the summit. I think we did a, a blog about that, Mark. Andy, Andy will do in a typical month, 15 to 20 open houses. He built his career before he became 25 or 30% of all the transactions in all of Saratoga, right? Silicon Valley. Before he became that Andy C through direct mail, geographic farming and everything else, he built his business on open houses. He said, Tom, here's what I understand. You put on enough signs, which you're gonna wanna do, a lot of signs, whatever you think that number is, times it by two, like 20 is a good number, 30 is a good number. Can't do it in a vertical living, Chicago, Miami, New York City, but I'm assuming you're not in those towns. If that's the case, you put out all those signs, you're gonna drive some traffic in and it gives you all those at-bats, all those face-to-face -face moments to connect with someone. Hey, I'm curious, what brings you out looking at houses today? We've covered this on the show before. You ask that question, what brings you out looking at houses today? And all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're just driving around. So you know they're that person that's just bored and just driving around looking at real estate. You got those in my town, I got them too, right? Or they say, ready? Well, we lived down the street and we were curious. Now you're like, great, I'm talking to a neighbor. I should ask them, have they had any thoughts of selling? What do they think about the community? Can they give me some insights? Those are always good contacts. Or they say, I was just on Zillow looking at this house and I wanted to see if the pictures in the house actually match up. Ding, 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 ding. We got a real buyer. Does that make sense? You take that on, my friend, and you say, I don't care if it's Wednesday, from four to seven, you're doing an open house and you get three people. Having that experience is gonna raise your confidence. You're gonna have way more interactions, giving you chances to knock on doors like I answered with another question to get to know more neighbors. There is nothing, nothing wrong with that strategy. You will kill it. And then I said number five, if you can, buy online leads, focus on digital rapport, solve their problems. Most of the online leads, hi, I'd like to look at that house, can you show it to me? Great, what time do you wanna to get together and take a look at it? You just play that game today, whether it's Zillow, Realtor, Trulia, and you know, all, all the 8 million others, right? You're gonna win. So I know it's a lot of information and I'm going through a bunch of questions, but I got just a few more. Make sure you give me some comments on this. And are you going to my Instagram page and have you liked that yet? Are you checking out my stories? I just posted another one this morning. Got a question, where are you stuck? How can I help? This person, I asked the question a while back, what's been holding you back from the next level? What's been holding you back from the next level? I'm here to help. This person said, Tom, I'm working 24 seven uh, with no boundaries with clients, right? How do I set some boundaries and avoid burnout? I don't remember what time I answered this. I have a tendency to answer these uh, late at night or on airplanes or early in the morning. Um, but I basically said to this person three things. Now I know that every single person watching right now, you can relate to it. I've been there too, where you just you say yes so much that you, you just burn the candle at both ends and then all of a sudden, you're no good for your clients, you're no good with your family, you're no good with your friends, and you know what I've discovered in, in 33 plus thousand hours of coaching? 
I've got a lot of clients that literally, Mark, they will intentionally get sick, right? They will wear themselves down to the point that they get sick so they can have three days off. And I, I, I wish I was kidding about this, and I'm not gonna start giving names, but I could literally rattle off 100 names right now of mainly women that I've worked with, right? Clients of mine, that that became their strategy because somewhere we were told we gotta say yes all the time, right? That you can't say no in a service business, right? That you can't have those boundaries. I would challenge, I would challenge you to create some boundaries. Here's what I said. Number one, narrow your focus on the market that you serve. Here's one of the big mistakes I see. We're traveling too far with potential buyers and sellers, and you say, but Tom, it's, it's an $800,000 listing. I'm like, yeah, but it's 45 minutes away both ways, plus traffic, plus traffic. That's bad. That's unnecessary wear and tear on your body. Instead, co-broke, get an agent in that marketplace, give them some shekels, you, tame, you take some shekels, you secured the listing, you with me on this, but you wanna narrow the focus. I think of Maxine Gellens in La Jolla and her daughter Marty and their wonderful team. We did this years ago when they were like, we're driving all over San Diego and the traffic and, and the wear and tear and the energy. I'm like, look, La Jolla, Del Mar, Point Loma, the ranch, <laughs> narrow the focus. And then we added team members who were then able to take some of those outskirts areas, but they were the experts of the towns they were in. Does that make sense? And Tristan's nodding his head right now because we talked him out of buying a house an hour away from the office. So he, this is personal for him. Number two, you want to schedule a day off every week. But here's the hook. You ready? When you schedule a day off, you have to change your voicemail. Hi, it's Tom Ferry with Banana Real Estate. It's Sunday, the whatever day. And today I'm off with my family, enjoying some quality time. If there's something I can do, I'll be returning my phone calls at 5 p.m. this afternoon, or send me an email, send me a text, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You actually tell people the truth. Hey, I'm taking a scheduled day off. You with me? Most human beings understand that. But if your voicemail says, hi, thanks so much for calling, I'll get back to you at my soonest convenience, and I can't wait to get a hold of you, if you need to text me, if you need to email, ah! If that's your voicemail, you're part of the problem. Change your voicemail. Hi, Wednesday is my day off. I spent it with my daughter. She's in fourth grade. I'm gonna be in class with her all day today, and then I'm going to Girl Scouts in the afternoon. If you have any questions, you can leave them here on my voicemail. Otherwise, I'll get back to you first thing Thursday morning. If a person can't respect that, and they're like, who do you think you, do you really wanna work with that person? Somebody told me a long time ago, when a client is really rude and mean and a pain in the ass up front, they only get worse. And if they can't respect that boundary, there's more nuts than there are squirrels to eat them, find more great people. Ready? The last thing I said is, you gotta schedule something on those days off that energizes you, super important, right? Schedule something on those days that, what fires you up? Is it getting on your bike and going for a ride? Is it going to the gym? Is it walking on the beach? Is it just being with your friends and family? But you gotta do something and you gotta change that voicemail, put an autoresponder on your email, today is my day off, and just go with that. I promise you, you can get control of this. I'm relying on you. I need you to do this, all right? Now, last question. Tom, this is interesting. I said, where are you stuck? What's on your mind? What do you do when you know you can do 100 transactions a year, but you're happy at 30? What a great question. First of all, you know what I said? Close the gap on why 100 is a must versus a dream, right? 
Is it a must versus a dream? If you, look, if you can do 30, you can do 100. If you can do 100, you can do 200. It just comes down to systems and people and priorities and optimization and all the things we've discussed. It's just running a business, that's all it is. So I guess I'd say to you, ready? Forget what I wrote here. Are you happy? Like that's what matters. You might find yourself unhappy at 100 transactions a year. You might find that at 30, you got more quality time. You know, you can leverage, get an assistant, get two, right? Pay some people to free up your time to do what they do best. Sell 30 homes a year. And you know what? Save your money and invest your money. That's awesome. On the flip side, if your ambition is, I want to do 100 and here's why, you got to get clear on what you're willing to give up in order to get there. That's the key. What are you willing to give up in order to get there? And if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, stay happy at 30. Stay happy at 30. Does that make sense? All right, we covered a lot of ground. I can't wait to get your comments. Are you going to my Instagram? Are you gonna ask me some questions? I would love to get more questions. And by the way, here we are at the very end of the show. If you wanna send a video to me and make it on the Tom Ferry Show, email that video question, keep it short, keep it tight, tfs at tomferry.com, tfs at tomferry.com. And before I let you go, go book more appointments. See you soon. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.